Lead Well. Welcome to the Lead Well podcast, where we're growing the whole leader, sharpening leadership skills while strengthening the heart in leadership. Let's lead well. Hello and welcome to the Lead Well podcast. This is your host, Javon Legans, and thank you so much for joining us today. We're going to pick right back up with the conversation that we started last week with pastors Israel and Sonia Piotr, where we were discussing establishing a culture of care in your leadership. Let's do it. So, Javon, you asked a really good question. You asked, what do we do so that we can become fully present? What does that look like? And Sonia really kind of championed that question with a great answer. One of the things that I want to add to that is be aware of two things. Be aware, number one, your environment and what's going on within you. And what I mean about environment is, are you in a place where you can effectively do the ministry that you need to do for that moment? There are times when I've been in the hallway, people have stopped me, and I can already tell by their posture, by how watery their eyes are. I can tell by their nervousness that they're really anxious to get some information out and they're really, really desperately seeking ministry and relief that they're willing to just stop me right then and there. I mean, Jesus showed us like the desperation of people. It's not a bad thing. It's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. It is so beautiful. And we've got to tend to it well. Like Mm -hmm. we've got to honor the desperation of people. I think about the woman who was bleeding Mm -hmm. for years And she was so desperate to get healing that not even to make eye contact with Jesus, but to crawl on her hands and feet, Mm -hmm. to lose for one second her Mm -hmm. sense of dignity Mm -hmm. and to grab on to the hem of God's robe and to just tug. Like that's all she could offer. And I think that there are some people that are so desperate and it's a beautiful desperation. And I think what we tend to do is as they stop us in the middle of the hallway, we've got to ask ourselves this question geographically, like logistically, is this the best place for this person to pour their heart out? Like what's next? And I've got to look around. I've got to do a quick look over my shoulder and say, you know what? This might not be the best place. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to tuck someplace into a corner. We're going to go over here to the cafe. Let's go sit down. Mm -hmm. This isn't a standing thing. Hey, there's chairs everywhere. Let's Mm -hmm. pull something up. You know what? The music is too loud. Mm -hmm. I don't want you shouting your personal issues, Mm -hmm. competing with the bass that's coming out of the building. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. I, you know, and in that you're providing that care, you're letting them know you're valuable and your suffering matters to me. Absolutely. And suffering alone is, I mean, mother Teresa talked about that, Mm -hmm. how that was the worst of human experiences to have to suffer alone. Right. And, you know, even in my own experience, you know, I didn't grow up in a home that was saved. So I grew up in a very violent home. And so suffering for me was, I suffered alone. My parents were violent. They were, had a lot of issues. And so suffering alone as a child was excruciating. But then when I came into the church and not being able to find a safe person, a leader, a pastor that I could talk to about these things and feel like I am not suffering alone. Finally, someone can listen to me and join me in this experience. And I will not feel their panic. I won't feel their anxiety because they don't have any. They're not panicked. They're not trying to come up with 10 resources or 10 clinics or 
attend retreats that I need to attend to receive more of Jesus, to convert me more, right? But I'm really just going to be accepted and heard and joined in right. my experience. Right. But as we have such a privilege when we get to meet with these people, like you're saying, Israel, even if it's like in the hallway and they approach you or in your group or as you're coaching someone, right. it is the greatest privilege to me. It is sacred right. that they are able to share something with me that they will not be able to share in any other place. Mm. It is truly a priestly mantle that we get to share with Christ as this woman would reach out to him. Why did she do that? Because she felt safe with him. Mm -hmm. She found emotional safety with Christ. Right. And he was there to make sure we would not suffer alone. Right. right. And now we get to now enter that sacred space where Jesus is already working. He's already working in these hearts, but he now invites us right. to enter that sacred space and to be able to say, I'm here just as a representative of the Lord. And whatever you say, I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to try to fix you because I can't fix you, but I am going to just join you in your experience. That is visceral presence. Right, right. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you've got to be aware. Like, let's say, I've seen this before, and it was brilliant, but a pastor on staff here started ministering to a person who was just caring a lot. And what they ended up doing was the person was caring so much that they broke down. And because of their desperation, they don't have the presence of mind to know that, like, they're in the middle of the altar and, like, service is about to start. So the pastor gently escorted, like put his hand on his shoulder and just didn't interrupt the tearful process, didn't interrupt the crying. He didn't say, shh, 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 which are dangerous words. Those are so dangerous to do to stop. Jesus never said, shh, 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 there, 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 there's the door. Like he never, he never <laughs> said that. Okay. He was patient. He was kind. He never rolled his eyes. He never so many times he would stop. Yeah. He, he would was just going stop. somewhere. Yeah. And he would stop. I mean, like you're saying, Israel, like he would make a safe space. Right. And so this pastor just gently pulled him to the side and immediately turned his back towards the crowd that was coming in so that the people wouldn't see him breaking down. And then he kind of came around to the other side of him where that the people on the stage couldn't see. And he began to just pray in his ear with his arm around him. And so what he basically did was he became attuned to what was necessary for repair to start doing its work mm -hmm. in that person's rupture. He basically roped in a spiritual sense, in an emotional sense. He took the yellow tape and started roping off. Do not cross this path. Mm -hmm. yeah. This is a sensitive area. Mm -hmm. Like there's an investigation going on. Mm -hmm. This is not for civilians mm -hmm. to just, you know, like put create traffic through. Mm -hmm. This is a sacred space. And we've got to be mindful of that. But before we start to kind of set up that yellow tape, we also have to be aware of what's going on within us. Absolutely. Because the minister who was leading and redirecting that person to really have a safe place to fall apart and get answers from God, he had to be mindful of where he was at as an individual. And I don't know if we are that self-aware. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we just kind of hit the ministry switch and we flip it and we're like, we're in ministry mode. But if you're thinking about work, if you're cycling through toxic 
thinking, if you're having a hard time in your relationships, if you're still carrying like sweat, beat it up on your forehead from dropping off your kids in different areas of the church for children's ministry, and you come rushing back to place, do you have the presence of mind to be aware of what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you about the individual you're ministering to? So what's needed to get to that space? Again, I think it's just self-awareness. If you are rushing, if you're frantic, if you are just, if you cannot stop thinking about the day, maybe this is a moment where you need to take a break. Maybe this is a moment where you're not ministering, but you need to be ministered to. And maybe this is the part where you grab someone and say, hey, listen, I internally am a total wreck. There is a whirlwind of racing thoughts, of negative emotions. I am upset at the fact that I couldn't find a parking spot, the fact that one of my kids is out in the lobby right now running around. My husband, my wife is not answering my phone call to help me, and I am not fully present. Hey, if you can do that and you can just receive some sort of ministry and a moment where you can sit with God and experience his visceral presence, like Sonia was talking about, if you can experience his visceral presence and calm down and learn the beauty of rest. And in that moment, just say, I'm not going to minister. I'm going to insist on having a shalomic experience for myself before I do any labor, before I do any spiritual work. Mm -hmm. That is outstanding. I think that is the sign of a very mature Christian who is self-aware. And self-awareness doesn't happen just, I don't think we ever stop becoming self-aware. I think that once we decide, I want to know more, Lord, about my heart, God is going to start showing us. And it's a hard journey, though, because... A lot of what God shows us about our own hearts is not going to, like it's maybe there's going to be some things that we're going to find that we don't like about our own hearts. But those are the heart spaces that God invites us to, right. to prepare. Right. This is the daily preparation that we need to be having with the Lord. Like, Lord, know me and search my heart. Like, show me. And then when I do see sin, when I do see my failure, when I see how I missed the mark that I allow myself to mourn that, to grieve that without judgment, without judging myself. Again, the judging, that's where we start practicing how not to judge other people. When you try to practice not judging yourself for our own sins and failures, you're going to find how hard that is. You're going to know this is really, I can't not, how can I not judge myself? I knew better. I did this. I did that. Can we begin there with applying God's grace to ourselves? The one that he died for, the one that he bled for, that one on the cross. Can I begin to almost like go get my little bucket and carry that grace onto my own failures? And that when I start hearing that little, my own voice judging myself, can I say, I'm going to apply the grace of God to myself. If I can do that, if I can practice doing that, then I'm going to be able to also sit in front of my group or whoever, a person. And when the judgment starts to rise up, I'm going to notice it and I'm going to put it to the side and I'm going to allow them to feel safe so that they can share whatever it is they need to share. And in that sharing, Jesus, the spirit of God is setting captives free. Yeah. Our resistance to that, like giving ourselves that space to receive God's grace, that we as leaders 
also need to mend and to heal. There's a resistance to that. And I think the resistance, and we'll, I'm sure there's more conversations to be had about this, but that resistance is that we are a culture of productivity and busyness. And so any time that we feel that we have to take a stop and a pause for ourselves, we consider it criminal. It just goes against our very nature. And so we are more prone and it is in our instinct to just plow through and push through. And so what we end up doing is we do ourselves a disservice because we feel like we have to perform, but we also do a disservice to the person who's receiving ministry because we're giving them this fast food Mm. microwaved ministry moment Mm. that comes out of place of restlessness and anxiety Mm -hmm. and tension. And to them, this is their moment. And so we've got to start thinking, what do I want to give out? Mm-hmm. And what do I want to give myself? Right. And what do I want to give out? Like, I love what you said, Israel. It's, it's giving out to this person. And also, what am I giving out to myself? Right. And let me interject there because you guys hit a nail on the head that I think we run into very, very often when it comes to leadership in any area. But, mm-hmm. you know, I know a lot of the listeners who are listening to this lead in small group environments. And there is always this fundamental pressure that we come back to and have to address over and over again to where we as small group leaders can feel, oh, well, mm-hmm. we have to be perfect. We have to present mm-hmm. this very polished, finished product in the interactions that we have, mm-hmm. um, which is just by nature, it just is inauthentic, mm-hmm. you know. And even if the ministry moment that we're operating in, even if that just goes exceptionally well, often what we're providing to people is an incomplete picture of the sanctification that's happening in our own lives because there's this lack of self-awareness and self-awareness is one of those things that Mm -hmm. it just keeps us very, very humble (laughs) because because we become aware of like, Oh, you know, as you just mentioned in Psalms, I was thinking about that same verse where Mm -hmm. uh, David is asking God, Hey, search me into my heart. And I believe that's something that even we as leaders have to continue to come back to Mm -hmm. over and over and over again, because Mm -hmm. God is revealing stuff. I think in many Mm -hmm. cases, as we're ready to confront it yes, and as he's ready to deal with that particular thing. So it's just this thing that happens in stages. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And as we do that, the humility in that process causes us to lead most well Mm. and, and most effectively. So I love how you guys are just, Mm-hmm. laying that groundwork because it's something that we as leaders have to come back to over mm-hmm. and over right. and over again, mm-hmm. not to be that finished, polished, perfect right. thing. And in that, you know, as you're talking about that, Javon, it reminds me of when we find sin, when we find that we have failed in some way as leaders, that shame just comes, right? But it's in that moment where what is it that untangles me from shame when I think about it? What is it that entangles you from shame? When I think about it, it really is that visceral love, the presence of God, the visceral presence where he comes and loves me in my failure, in my sin, and how I missed the mark. And he doesn't start preaching at me and he doesn't like tell me, you know, like he really doesn't do that. When I think about my experience with Jesus, when I fail in some way, he holds me. He holds my heart. He engages my pain. He engages, where were you really needing from what you were trying to do here? And so I think if we start to 
accept those opportunities, as you were saying, Javon, like confronting it, but confronting it and allowing the Lord to engage it with ourselves and receiving that visceral presence, then we're going to be able to also do that for the people that come into our paths. And I have found that one of my highest privileges is to sit with people who have sexual addiction, who have who have struggles with, they've been sexually abused as children. I do trauma work. That's really my focus, my area of focus. And the greatest privilege for me is when a woman tells me, you know, I had an affair. I saw married men. I have porn addiction. I have this dangerous relationship that I'm with, with this person. And, and I get to just be that safety for them. And then they come maybe a year later, maybe six months later, maybe two weeks later. And they tell me, you loved me. I felt God's love that you remember that meeting we had, like, I felt God did not reject me. I felt loved by God. And maybe they're not in that relationship. Maybe they're still struggling through it, but being loved in the midst that is the healing work of the Holy Spirit. That is the and catalyst so, to transformation. That and is change. the catalyst, absolutely. As you know, not what's coming to an end, but I want to just make sure to talk, just to give these points. How do we become that visceral presence to other people in our groups, in our meetings with people? This is really we're inviting you to to see the heart of the person. Ask the Lord to give you this grace, this ability to see the heart of the person to feel the heart of the person, to engage it. And when you have created that presence with them, that safety that you tend and that you do not further break, okay? Because when a person is saying something that's so private, they're so tender and they can be easily broken. But I love this scripture here in Matthew 12. Matthew 12 here, it says how Jesus becomes, really it talks about like he is the hope of the world, because he does not, it says he won't brush aside the bruised and the broken. He will be gentle with the weak and the feeble and says, and the fame of his name will birth hope among the people. He is the hope of the world because that's what the spirit of God does. He creates safety for us. And then he does not brush aside the bruised and the broken. He is gentle with the weak and the feeble. That's so good. So good. Yeah, and I just want to thank you guys again just for speaking into that. As we look to be that for people and provide that type of presence, it's important for us, just as you guys have mentioned over and over again, to accept that presence for ourselves mm-hmm. uh, and to allow God to be presence with, present with us. Because as leaders, and this is a consistent theme as we have these different podcasts and we go through these different topics, we give from what we have received. Like we give most often from what we have received most often. So as we look to be that presence and give that presence to the people that God has put in our circles in these different environments, we first have to accept that for ourselves. So I appreciate you guys so much for speaking into that. Thank you again. Look forward to our next time together. Thanks.